a Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. Thank you for joining us for another episode today. It's a biggie relationships. Well, it's a biggie because, well, we all have them. Relationships of various kinds, shapes, mm-hmm. sizes, That's magnitudes. right. I think you kind of always go to the uh, relationship of the romantic sort when you think about I know, yeah, relationship I do. advice. When I think about relationships, I always think about a romantic relationship. But mm. we're living out all sorts of relationships every day, right? Uh, exactly. And I think the older I get, the more I realise the, the other relationships that I have around me, are, mm. they, they take on significance. Mm. You know, yes. it's, I think Great. when you're young, you it's all about finding the one or the yes. boyfriend or the girlfriend or, yeah. you know, and the other relationships are kind of by the by. But mm. then as you grow, the, all the relationships take on a significance. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, yeah, and not only that, the other relationship that's, you know, often forgotten is the one we have with ourselves. That's right. And our guest today, she had a lot to say about how we should look at that. Mm. Hello, everyone. My name is Melissa Ambrosini and I am the best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide and I am a speaker and I help women unlock their full potential and live the life of their dreams. So I've known Mel for quite a while. Mm -hmm. We did a TV series, an online TV series together uh, well before... TV series or, or people watching video, we were well before our time. You were the web we series. We were. And if you went <laughs> back now and watched, you'd be like, oh, what are they wearing? Anyway, Mel, over that time, really stepped into that space of educating women, especially on self-care and self-love and how important that is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess that it's evolved into this new area that she's she's talking about. But her first book was called Mastering Your Mean Girl. Yeah. And her next book, well, it's got a pretty cracking title. Have a listen. Okay, so it is called Open Wide, The Radically Real Guide to Deep Love, Rocking Relationships and Soulful Sex. It's kind of like the modern day hip gal's guide uh, on all things relationships. You know, like, um, you know, we used to have those really old school relationship manuals. So this is like a modern one for women to really unlock their full potential in their relationship. That is quite a title for a book, Soulful Sex, Open Wide. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so when I first um, heard this and we we spoke to her, I thought everybody should probably have a read of this because... uh, my mind was just like, whoa. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't even, can't even speak. And yeah, but then it makes you check in and think a little bit, like where would my relationships need some work? I kind of, I, I place a lot of value on relationships. Mm-hmm. I'm a very social person. I like to talk a lot. I'm, I'm sure that there's things I could do better. Well, we can all keep learning, I suppose. And yeah. when you have resources like this, I like to keep on learning, and I guess that's why we wanted to share a little bit about this today, but also because it did make me stop and think. I don't know, there's no problem with my relationship as, I mean, everyone has problems, but there's nothing stand out. It's not like, <laughs> oh my God, this, you know, how have I got myself into this? That's and I good. Think that's what's a good interesting, thing. <laughs> though, is that we model our relationships on what we've seen, right? Mm. So our parents. Yep. And I think that's interesting. My parents have been very happily married for, I don't know, eternity, yep. a long time. 
and and my husband's parents up until his dad passed away had been married for a really long time. So I guess we model our relationship on that. But are you at a point where you've got people around you that are separating? Yeah, so it is interesting that, um, you know, when you get married or you're at that stage, maybe in your 20s, early 30s, and there's weddings, you know, heaps of them. That's so fun. That's so fun. That's like the best time of your life. (laughs) It's like the happy happy days. And then you have those couples that you know will never get married, but you really want them to because you're missing out on at a party. Well, here's a question. Have you ever had a couple get married and you were like, oh, it's a bad idea? Well, this is the thing because (laughs) at the time, you know, statistically, the divorce rate is like one in three, I Mm -hmm. think. Uh, but now, sort of 10 years on, I am finding there's a few that are going through the separation. Yeah. And it's it's really interesting to see who it is that, and whether... And is it without sharing too much? Because I know it's personal, but mm. are, they, are they the people that you thought they would be? Like, no, not necessarily. So mine are. Oh. So mine are the people that we called it from the beginning. <laughs> we were like, you and you should not get married. Yeah, right. But then how do you be supportive yeah. of really good friends... Yep. It's, it's very difficult. Human nature is also we kind of want to do what we're told we're not allowed to do. Mm. So part of I could see the thought process around this particular person that I'm talking about, yeah. it was part of it was, well, everybody is telling me don't do this. So I'm so going to do, do it. do it ah. and I'm going to prove them wrong. But I also think, and I'm talking about marriage, and I know that's not the only relationship, but I think that, that it's, yeah, it was very interesting to watch because he just wanted the fairy tale wedding with the two kids and the Beamer parked in the wow. garage. Do you know what he I mean? He wanted that. He wanted wow, that. Okay. Um, and they literally, this couple literally split up on their honeymoon and went separate ways. They got off the plane. So he didn't came get the home. Beamer or the kids. It wasn't enough he, time. He got a kid. <laughs> wow. There's but, a whole other podcast just I know, about right, their but, story. But having said that, right, yeah. we could hate on that. We could go, oh, terrible decision. No. But it's not because he got what he needed out of it to grow and evolve into yeah. who he is today. Yeah. Uh, look, I think you're right. You do model yourself on the relationships around you. And I think it really comes down to your personality and whether you're the sort of person who copies or takes guidance by what's around you or whether you go, I don't like that, I don't agree with that, I'm going to do it my way. And I think smoking is the big one for this because how many people do you know that's, that are your age whose parents were smokers who are like, that is the most disgusting thing I have ever experienced and I'm never going to do it? Because I know a few people that, and I always think that is that is a real thing. So relationships to some degree are like that. You mm. go, yep, that is a good model. Mm. That's how I think it should be. Or, well, yes, I think it's two things. Yes, we either model on what we've seen mm. or the pendulum will swing and it'll swing so far in the other direction <laughs> that it'll probably knock yourself out on the way back. Like, don't you think that it's sort of, it's all or nothing? I feel like we are born into this world and we're not really taught how to navigate relationships and relationships are our the biggest game that we play. It's like sitting down to a Sudoku board and not having instructions. And that's what most of us um, experience with our relationships. And the only model that we get is our what we see from our parents. And if you win the gene lottery, sometimes that's a really great example. And most of the time, it's not very, uh, it's not a very good example. So I think, I feel like that's a bit sad though, that if she's saying most relationships aren't good examples. No, I totally agree. I would have hoped that... A lot of us have good examples in our 
Wives? Well, and maybe not necessarily your parents, but maybe aunties someone or else's. uncles or yeah, like, someone else's. I would, yeah. I mean, the problem, I guess, with that is that not everything is as, as it seems. Oh, no. <laughs> That's for sure. It might look amazing and it might be torturous. Hey, um, I heard uh, an interview with uh, a lady by the name of Esther Perel and she has a book called The State of Affairs. Now, what she had to say was so interesting. She works in the States and um, I think she has seen loads of couples over the years. One of the things she was talking about was that the problem that we have in relationships, romantic relationships these days, is that a lot of the time one person in the relationship or the other projects everything onto the other person. So that's a really big burden for that person to carry. Mm. So, I mean, like, you know, people used to go to church a lot more and they would worship and so that would take care of their spiritual side of things, you know, Mm -hmm. or belonging to Mm -hmm. a group or, you know, a sense of purpose in that way. But now, because that's kind of not relevant for a lot of people, they take that looking for spiritual nourishment mm-hmm. and they project it onto their, their partner. partner. Yeah, right. Isn't that interesting? It's so interesting. And and I guess that contributes to, well, depends on the person. Because mm. if the person can't give back what is needed... Yes, well, who I know, could? I mean, that's a big, <laughs> it's a big load. Well, so it's, it's interesting hard. that we talk about this because, you know, we're not just talking about marriage. We're talking about all relationships. Mm. But I've had a couple of situations recently where... Friends have said to me, you're very distant. I really? don't really know. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm enrolled in your life. And oh, did you I say guess- I've got a membership? You can, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I've got a membership called the Wellness Collective. Come and find you me can, there. You no, join. but the, what was interesting, and we're always learning and evolving, right? Yeah. But it was an interesting observation because it's different if one person says something to you. Mm-hmm. But when two people say that to you, mm. I was like, okay, right, what's going on here? And it's true. I don't really seek validation mm. in the things that I do. I just make the choice and do it. Whereas a lot of other people I'm learning are not like that. They want you to say, yes, you should do that or offload and have the conversation. And I have the conversation in my head. And that's not necessarily a good thing always either, because when it comes to being able to give or recognise what other people need, I'm not filling their needs. I'm not, my brain doesn't work like that. I don't sit there and go, how was your day? Truthfully, what do you need? I don't do that. So it's really interesting in that experience, like I said, twice over. That's good self-reflection. I had to sit and reflect. And then I do have another friend that I was like, what the hell's going on here? And and she's very much like me. And she's like, I'm telling you what's going on. And it was Mm. an epiphany and it was almost freeing because I'm like, this is the way I am and I can't pretend to be thinking about or be everything to everybody either. I don't say that to say, oh, I'm amazing. No, like, no. You know, everyone needs a piece of me. Not at all, but you... We do. Well, uh, well. <laughs> I like that you said that though because one of the things that I found amazing about you when I met you was that you're like that because for, for me, for a long time, I have been that person that's going, I really want to do this but I need somebody else to say, yes, that's a good idea or this is the way to do it. And, and I think that's okay too. Yeah, I think but it's it does, a balance. It's, that's it's what held each me other. back. And yeah, I think right. it's amazing that you are built in a different way. And I think it is, you know, you're obviously the the um, combination of everything that's gone on in your life to that point. Well, I think so. And I think there's often a turning point for people as well, you know. And that's, again, what kicks you into that next phase or that next level. Or I know with my relationship, especially going back to my marriage, mm. things really change when Geordie's diagnosis um, was revealed oh, to yeah. us. And 
I guess that that's a turning point for a lot of people. It's either going to make or break you. Yeah. Some type of challenge that's that's big and um, so involved and poor Geordie, we talk about him all the time, but he's been the biggest lesson, but he's also been the one thing that has totally connected our family. So mm. it's really interesting how, you know, relationships are much more than just you and your partner and how other people influence that as well and how other friends are influencing that. Mm -hmm. But it's just this constant state of ebb and flow as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) It does feel like sometimes like the universe isn't working with relationships and, you know, you have those weeks where you upset a friend or you say the wrong thing or you feel like you've done the wrong thing or you turn up to school late and your kids are upset with you and, you know, like all that stuff. It's constantly working it, isn't it? But I think the thing that, uh, getting back to our guest, we haven't forgotten you, Melissa, (laughs) sorry. One of the things that she was really kind of adamant about about with her book and also in just her philosophies with relationships was that you really have to talk about the relationship with yourself to begin everything else. A lot of the work that I do is centred around self-love and um, I believe that that is the cornerstone of living a happy and healthy life is really loving yourself unconditionally because if we don't love ourselves and if we don't treat ourselves with love and respect... How the heck are we meant to teach anyone else to do that um, outside of us? You know, it all starts with us. If we're not happy and healthy, it's our responsibility. And and if we're not having these beautiful relationships, you know, we've got to look in the mirror and say, well, what's going on? Like, why am I attracting these types of relationships into my life? So it all comes back to us. We're going to take a quick break and then we are going to try a little bit of this self-reflection. Wellness Collective. We have a special guest today, Melissa Ambrosini. Now, she has a new book out called Open Wide, and a whole lot of what we've been talking about that she's written about in this book is self-reflection and self-love and how we have to embrace it. So I agree. And obviously, I think the most important relationship is definitely, like you said, the one that you have with yourself. Mm. Because if you're not kind to yourself, how can you be kind to other people? I know that there's times that I say things in my head that I would never dream of. Mm. of actually verbalising, especially not to somebody else that I'm thinking of myself. Yeah. And I think we've got to get more aware of mm. the self-talk and mm. especially when it's negative and not serving. But I would also say that alongside of that, I think the the biggest thing for me is actually communication and, and being able to communicate with those around me and the, in those relationships because yeah. I see when communication breaks down, often relationships break down. That would be my take on things. I think also um, communication is about being heard, feeling like you're being heard. Absolutely. I I know having small children, that can be the most frustrating and soul-destroying part of parenting. Now, people don't talk about this, but your relationships with your kids, they get to a point where they talk back or they think they know better. And fair enough, okay, you're growing them to be Mm. independent and that's all fine. But when there are just fundamental things that need to happen and you've said them over and over and over and they just don't hear you, it's not even listening, it's about they don't hear and that's a different thing, that can be really hard. Oh, uh, uh, (laughs) this is like my... Your life. like my life right now. Olivia is at a a point where it's just... Yeah, 
I, I would. I said to her the other day, I'm going to put a tally on the fridge how many times I have to ask you every morning to get dressed because <laughs> I'm pretty sure it'd end up in the 30s. Like, and then the answering back and the attitude that goes with it, and yep. that's changing of the hormones. Oh, it's not so fun. you know all about that. Anyway. Um, I wasn't prepared though. <laughs> not for the. No- give me a 21 year old. Don't give me a nine year old. No. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, a tween. Um, I think, though, you're right about communication and about the being respectful to yourself and loving yourself. I think, though, you know, you think about being a teenager and there's like, oh, do you love yourself? So that may be <laughs> where there's the whole stigma about about actually feeling that way about yourself. And, you know, we talk about, we talked to Tyron Brumfit in uh, another episode of our podcast and she was talking about the whole being kind to yourself, loving your body and your body image. But this mm. is, we're talking about relationships, about, you know, liking yourself as a person. Yes. Forget about the physical attributes, but, yes. you know, do you like the way you react to the people around you or do you like what you do each day? Are you happy in your job, yourself, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, and what about if someone gives you some feedback? What do you do with that? Like, I know that yeah. my husband many times has sort of said, you just, in certain areas, yep. need to, I can't, you know, whatever. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's forgotten. No, I don't. I'm, no, I'm, I don't. Well, I'm perfect now, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've improved. Joking. But he has made me aware of things and I've had to stop and actually reflect and think, oh, mm. okay, he's right, you know. Yeah. So it is, it's having the awareness and it's taking it's really criticism hard. too. It's hard, it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, um, I had a story the other day, um, a friend of a friend, I actually don't know this person, but I thought it was interesting that she was talking about how... Um, she has a daughter and her daughter was going to school and she said she was really, really worried about when her daughter gets bullied. And my friend was like, what? Why would you say when she gets bullied? Why are you expecting that that's going to be a thing that, you know, not necessarily, yes, it happens, but it's not a given. Don't preempt this stuff. No, but she said, well, I was bullied when I was at school. So she will be bullied because she's my daughter. And I just thought, that's fascinating, isn't it? It is fascinating. Definitely. I I do have horrible memories of, of primary school. Oh, yeah. I did not enjoy that I experience, I have to say. Anybody has, has had a, a clean... So how do know. we make that better? Because that's still feeding back into that mm. relationship you have with yourself. I remember saying to someone the other day, my 20s, I just spent literally feeling guilty mm. and, and upset with the choices that I had made. I don't know why, but mm. it, it's just... I don't know. Mel's right. We're not taught how to have these relationships. No, we're not. The first thing is if we want to experience beautiful relationships with everyone, we have to love ourselves first. It all comes back to self-love. And the whole first chunk of the book is about self-love and self-confidence and really loving yourself unconditionally because we teach people how to treat us. And if we are treating ourselves like crap, then that is what other people are going to model off. But you're right, you know, yes, it kind of applies to all of the relationships except for, you know, your lover, you know, that is the only relationship, well, in my experience, that I have soulful sex with. I don't have soulful sex with the girl at the cafe. Um, so <laughs> Not every day, anyway. <laughs> So um, on that level, but a a majority of the the concepts that I talk about in the book apply to all of the relationships in your life. So with your friendships, with your your family, and this doesn't mean that they're always rainbows and butterflies and things like that, but um, when you understand the concepts that I talk about in the book, 
and apply them to your everyday life, life just becomes so much more rich. So we teach people how to treat us. Mm. Have you thought about that before? Well, knowing you, yes, I've started thinking about that because oh. I think it's about, oh. you know, being a bit more assertive and not looking for other people to give you the, um, I don't know, the okay to mm. say what you're doing or the way you're behaving is okay. Whereas, I don't know, I kind of feel like it's a bit of a generational thing for me. Yeah? Yeah. I, I, I see that and I think that there has to be some balance between the two. Mm. I don't think it can be totally like I do not care what anyone else thinks no. ever. <laughs> no. And, you know, it's all about me. It's a very fine line I, and I, I know that people do feel triggered or challenged with the whole idea of self-love as well. Like, is that mm. selfish? Is it okay? And I think the more I see in clinic people look after themselves, the more they're able to actually look after other people. So I think we've got a bit of a warped sense of the word self-love. I think uh, we think it's very yeah. indulgent mm. and it's not. It's actually just about looking after yourself. Well, you know, um, when you've been burning the candle at both ends, whether it's work or whether it's motherhood or whether it's life life in general. And let's face it, I mean, I think the last 12 months for a lot of people have been a bit crazy, which makes me think there's some cosmic energy going on or something. I don't know. But when you have been doing that, it's really hard to do those things like eat well, sleep well, you know, rest. And I think that's where they have to be a priority. Yeah. And this is where when you do that and you make space for that, everything is better. And I think that's what Mel's talking about in terms of creating more richness is about Mm. all of those things, not just about you having kind thoughts in your head about yourself. And I think also too, then maybe it gives you the chance to appreciate the time that you've got, then you can spend it with friends and stuff. I mean, I have a really good friend who he works so much and I feel like trying to get time to see him is a real imposition because he just doesn't have any time. Like it's always given to work and the other things that he has to do. And that can make it really tricky because I feel like then I'm being really needy going, hey, I need you in but my life. If he, if you say, can we catch up, what does he say? Does he say I'm too busy? No, he doesn't say he's too busy. Of course, he'd make the but time. But it's very hard to do I know. to find the time. But so I have people that say... so. M- People's You're on lives the other side on the this, outside <laughs> can look very busy, right? Mm. You can look on social media. I'll use myself as an example. People say to me all the time, you are so busy. And I actually cringe at that because it's I'm not doing any more than anyone else. Mm. It might look really busy because there's lots going on. I have a team of people that help me. I don't do all of this on my own. I'm not <laughs> claiming to be some mega multitasker. I actually am a terrible multitasker. And I think it's very interesting... I've had people say, oh, I didn't bother you because you're so busy. I'm like, please bother me. I want to know. I want to see you. I don't mm. need, you know, we're all busy. And because I think that's actually caused some relationship problems for you, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really has. And looking like I'm not interested or caring or, uh, yes. And so it is so important that we do communicate that we are on the, sort of on the same page, I guess. When you spend time with people or at least touch base with them, you kind mm. of know where they're at. Mm. When you lose that, then there's a lot of assumption and I think that's a, sort of not the best place to operate from. So I guess if we think about what Mel said about, you know, you've got to love yourself or you've got to look after yourself and then your relationships can come from that. I suppose, you know, she's got some tips in her book, but there are other things that you can do like um, a lot of our guests have got ideas about this, haven't they? Mm. Um, we have an episode with Lola Berry, which is really good about, you know, acupuncture. You know all about that. I do. I know and a little bit about it. And what you're eating and, you know, even crystal healing and all these kind of wacky things that but you might be able to 
episode try to with, make you feel good. Yeah, and even our episode with people like Dr. Tony Yun, he talks about, you know, the things in your fridge that you can make yes. a face mask with. And it's not indulgent to take five minutes to look after yourself. I think every, actually every guest has got something mm. to give in terms of what you can put back into yourself. I've got a question if we can slightly change topic, though. Yeah. Have you ever had to break up with a friend? Um... Mm. Have you ever had to go, like you would a boyfriend, this is not working, it is I think over. I've done it without saying it mm. to people. Maybe, maybe just gone, I think I'll distance myself yeah. from that person for the moment because I don't think it's a good relationship. And I have even lo- noticed that with my kids, mm. that there are other kids where I'm like, okay, we're just not going to see that kid for a little while <laughs> and we're just going to come back in a few months' time and then see what the dynamic is like then. Because it's interesting, isn't it? We can distance ourselves and then we can sort of, the relationship can fizzle. Mm. But if it's a really good friend yeah. that you have to do that with, that's, I've had to do that before. So you've actually had to have the conversation. conversation How yeah. did it go? It was the most adult conversation and there was a lot of dynamics <laughs> to it. Um, it was the most adult conversation I have ever had to have. Wow. And actually what happened was that um, it, we did a full 360 and we're back. Yeah, but years and years later, to that, lots of circumstances within life that come up. You know, Um, there was a few, few really personal things that happened and yep. nothing bad. No, no one just slept with anyone's husband or anything. <laughs> oh, not <laughs> um, juicy then. No, it's not juicy at all. It was just the way it worked out and it had to be that conversation mm. and it was very challenging but it was the right thing at that time mm. and I think we've always got to come back to trusting in the timing of things and it can be really painful I think in relationships. We can stay in a relationship because we're too scared to leave mm. um, and that takes up a lot of space in our life and to it, you know create change sometimes we have to clear things out. So you can t- take a step back and I think that's certainly one way but if it's someone that's been very close at some point or another yeah. having the conversation does give some closure and some perspective and it is very adult, but communication to me is one of the most important things in a relationship. Always comes down to that. And we all have those friends that do things and you think, and you've probably done it to other people unwittingly where you kind of step on toes or you say the wrong thing or, you know, and you upset somebody and it just goes unsaid and then you think, oh, "Oh, maybe if we just actually spoke about what was going on. Well, this is, I think this happens in, definitely in relationships where also, you know, we can can be triggered by their response Mm. or something that's happened and often actually we need to look at ourselves, not actually judge the person. Yeah. It's often what triggers, you know, that response is probably something we need to deal with, not something they're actually doing. It's something that we might actually Ooh. have a hurdle with. Yeah, right. Self-reflection. That's I know. Really, it's very, a really hard thing to do. Can you fix deep. that with acupuncture? <laughs> <laughs> the self-reflection well, so points. I'll tell you something. Yeah. Any, from a Chinese medicine perspective, every organ is 50% physical and 50, 50% emotional. You can't separate them. So it's a bit like if you hear bad news, you feel sick in your stomach mm. or if you, I don't know, um, suddenly... I don't know. that We feel things in different parts of our body. I'm not really thinking of another explanation, but you might get a headache when something comes up or you might feel anxiety in your chest yep. or it, it, it manifests in your body somewhere. And Chinese medicine definitely looks at what's going on from an organic, when I say organic, I mean the organ. The organs. Yeah, not the veggie garden um, <laughs> perspective and treats that. So if someone's constantly living in a perpetual state of fear, oh. you can actually treat the fear. Um, I've done this before. I had a patient. She um, 
wanted to leave her job. She had a lot of fear around that. Fear is the emotion of the kidneys. I treated her kidneys for quite some time. And then one day she came in and she said, I left my job. And I'm like, oh dear, can you pay for your appointment? (laughs) That's not true. Shouldn't have touched the kidneys. (laughs) So it's really interesting when you, when you're operating out of a place of deficiency, Mm. everything seems harder. When this again comes back to that whole self-care, when you're operating out of a place of abundance and that your body's got everything it needs on a nutritional level Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden the emotions follow suit. So yep. there's a bit to be said for that. I'd say there are lots of episodes to cover. <laughs> We're going to be very busy over the next little while with this Wellness Collective. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Big thanks to Mel Ambrosini. Melambrosini.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will catch you next time. I hope you're having a lovely time listening to all our wonderful course, guests. Just remind everybody to rate us because we love that. I uh-huh. sound like a broken record, no. I know. But it's so important that we we love doing this mm-hmm. and we want to keep on doing this. So do. take five seconds to please rate us and review us and let it be known that we do read each and every review. Mm-hmm. We oh, appreciate you. I know, we do. Yeah. We appreciate you. Thank you for being part of it. All right, until next time, we hope that you are feeling happier, healthier and better. Thank you.